step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO. The show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And whether you're a marketing entrepreneur who holds a unique handle on personal connections like Dee, or a symphonic conductor who's led one orchestra to it, to its own zenith and is now trying to answer the call of his own career, like Jacques, we are here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters and to help your career and your business. Today's episode is called You and Other Influential Leaders. Yes, today we're going to examine how the influence of others weighs upon you and far more important, uh, how those influences that you already hold, yes, you've got it, my friends, how how will you may increase that influence for your and everyone else's benefit? And by the blessings of faith in human scheduling, it is our good fortune to have a truly renaissance businessman joining us, Mr. Dale Caudwell. He's been CEO and board member of a dozen organizations in both the private, the educational, even the civic sector. And these range from things like New Jersey school boards to the U.S. Tennis Association, in which, by the way, he holds a national ranking. And Dale's also served as the head talent picker for Gallat Consulting. And he currently boosts large and mid-sized firms with his own consulting firm, Strategic Influence. And in his spare time, he's authored From School to Work to Success, and the book whose insights we'll be discussing today, Intelligent Influence, The Four Steps of Highly Successful Leaders. Um, But before we show you just how much of an influential splash you yourself could make, let me take a few moments to supply you out there with a few utensils for the Feast of Wisdom coming up. First... As I always do, allow me to remind each of you individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. That's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. Will this be the day that you look around and really scrutinize those folks around you, seeing them as potential partners? Or will you just continue to see them merely as the folks beside you trudging along under the same yoke? The choice is truly yours. Secondly, it's time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quip books. So let me pull it out here and thumb through. Here we go. Okay, okay, this is it. Here is number 46, and it says, Our LinkedIn profile has 15,000 connections, 20,000 people like us on Facebook. Everyone reads our blog. Now, if we can only get some real customers (laughs) as an afterthought. Uh, allow me to remind you that patience remains the primary element of social media marketing. But just for fun, have you measured the number of man hours invested uh, against the pro- 
profits you've been making? Have you compared these results with the competitors' results? If it profiteth you well, smile. If not, get out. <laughs> My own thoughts. Anyway, for a third utensil, perhaps we should call this day's utensil the underhanded fork. We'll give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we'll invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe him or her to be. Simply write it to info at bartsbooks.com that's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com and if you're right we will announce your name on the air and send you a small gift the author of last week's quote that is the individual who said success isn't about how much money you make it's about the difference you make in other people's lives those words came from none other than our truly beneficial and influential first lady Michelle Obama so now, let's dig into our feast and call upon the expertise of the advisor who backs his heart advice with philosophic vision, Mr. Dale Caldwell. Dale, how are you doing today? Bart, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing doing quite well. Excited about the show. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you could be here with us. Now, Dale, uh, you've run schools, you've run nonprofits, and right now, as I understand it, you run Tempest Fugit, uh, I'm sorry, Strategic Influence uh, Consulting Firm, which seems to have its helping finger in every slice of the management pie. So uh, let me ask uh, a man of your experience and expertise this. Could you give me, give us one area, one skill set in which you see today's managers really getting better? I mean, some improvement. What sectors um, are, we getting, are we improving at? Do you see any? Well, you know, the, the business world is so different now because it's much more international, it's much more diverse, mm -hmm. the, the different generations think differently. So you have a business, uh, you have a customer base and also employees that have very different perspectives and have been influenced very differently. So the ability to, imp to, to, to have empathy for the people you work with or you sell to is an expertise that is essential in today's world. And we're starting to see people are starting to understand that more so than ever before. Mm, I'm glad you mentioned that because empathy is is a learnable skill, and I, I'm glad that Absolutely. you that you brought that up. Mm. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. So let's then follow up with uh, the natural uh, question that, that leads from there. Where where is our leadership community losing ground? I mean, where do we need to really sort of take stock and take action? And your ideas. Well, and, and you know, as you as you really look at, and, and again, my book Intelligent Influence is about this this process of developing sustainable leadership skills, and um, we are finding that so often we are so focused on profitability that we oftentimes get in the way of our profitability. Um, oh. We often use some of the strategies of the past to apply to today's world to make more money, yet. Again, if you have this empathy and you understand your customer base, you can slightly change what you do and really connect with them more and actually end up making more money. Short-term profit is, is really a problem. Right, right. I, you know, it's it's really funny. We, If you take the old idea, build a better mousetrap and the world will be the path to your door, that seems so so nice. But, you know, it assumes that your client will just be there. And you've just said, no, no. You've got to connect with that client, and I, I think that is a place where we need to reach. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I've read your um, 
your a marvelous book, Intelligent Influence, The Four Thank Steps you. of Highly Successful Leaders. And i, I got to tell you, what I really instantly liked about your philosophy is its positive approach. Thank heavens at last. I mean, if I'm getting it right, you're not so much threatening us with all the furtive influences that sneak over us. Uh, but what you're really saying is that we, each of us, has an ability to positively influence others. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That 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 we, you know, we have so much talent within us to uh, huh. to one understand where we come from because we're all products of our influence but even more importantly yeah. to understand where other people come from so that we can work together to achieve our common goals and so often we are so focused on what's going on now that we don't take time to understand who we are or who we're interacting with yes uh, oh that's that's really true it's it's so easy to put your head down and uh you have to look we we all dwell in a process of people swirling around us. We have to know the diet. Well, now, does my uh, cultivating my my own influence skills that you that you tell me I've got does this demand some full makeover of myself? I mean, or, or, or do I have the the raw material within me? I mean, is it a learnable competency? Absolutely, Barton. You're 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 right on target. One of the fun things about this, when I when I speak or I'm doing corporate strategy or I'm doing a leadership uh -huh. training, we start with helping individuals or even the organization get in touch with the influences in their life. You know, the the uh -huh. myth that that we all operate under is that you know I'm a self-made man. I did it all by myself. I didn't need anybody <laughs> yeah. else. That's that's one of the the biggest lies in business history. Um, everybody. Oh, yeah. Is on the shoulders of someone. Everybody has a mentor. Everybody has someone who helped to open doors for them. Once you get in mm. touch with that, you start to realize why you do what you do. I, one, of my, one of my favorite quotes is I say, you know, we do what we do, think the way we think, and accomplish what we accomplish because of influence. And the sooner we get in touch with that, the sooner we're able to really identify uh, what we're strong at and what we're weak at. Mm. I think that's that's true. I think this identification of strengths is is very important. I think the when I was about seven, I started a lemonade stand, and I got all the materials out of my family's kitchen, made it, and I said, "Look, all on my own." I made uh, four dollars and seventy-five cents, and. My father was very kind. He just sort of winked at the fact that I had robbed all the raw materials from the family. And, 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 but, you know, it, it, that's funny. But in Fortune 500 companies, the same attitudes, some of them. I don't, not, not, of course. I, I, you see it existing. It breaks your heart. <laughs> it's it, it, it really it, – it is, it is funny. But, but you know, what, I've, what I do, Bart, is, is I used to kind of – you know, confront people and say, no, you didn't do it on your own. Just think about it. But instead I say, you know, you know, Ted, you're very, very successful. Who are the influences in your life? And, you know, everyone loves talking about themselves. And for the first time it gets them to start thinking about, you know, the, the, the CEO dad and the tennis pro and the priest and, you know, and, and, and the nanny and those folks who really help them become who they are. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I think I'd like to know that. It's, it's, it's an excellent question. This is uh, what I'm going to call a quill pen moment. I'd like you to take out your writing implements, dip it in the inkwell, and I'd like you to, to answer Dale's question. I'd like you to write down the people. Draw a circle, put your name in it, then draw other overlapping circles and put the names of the people who've had influence on you and think about that. Think about what Dale is saying. As a matter of fact, Dale, you know, I was wondering if you could help me with a, uh, 
with through the uh, personal matter here. My board of directors insists on paying me only what I'm worth, and we all know that no one can live on that. So, so what I'm saying is, can you? How can I employ the influencing skills that you have pointed out to me in your book that I truly do have? That uh, how can I seduce these worthy folks into paying me uh, in a style in which I'd like to become more accustomed? And again, fantastic question. So, so well, the first step is what we call influence awareness, where you you, you, okay. you do get in touch with your own influences. And, and what that does is that it's a learned competency. The more you practice it with yourself, the more uh-huh. you'll be able to understand the influences in their lives. And so the, the goal uh-huh. is to convince them of your true value, not uh, mm-hmm. by understanding their hot buttons, understanding their perspectives by understanding their influences. And once you do that, you can implore what we call influence maximization. And there, there are three elements in every successful human interaction. The first is what I call okay. credibility. If you're not credible, All right. no one's going to listen to you. Uh, the trouble is people right. rely on that credibility that I've been a banker for 20 years, so listen to me. But that doesn't work right. by itself. Right. The next is creativity that you have to come up with things in a different way to get people's thinking, well, I, I never thought of that before. And then the final ah, piece, and, okay. and often the hardest, is connection, that you have to connect individually. So your board is comprised of very different people with very different perspectives and influences. So you've got to make sure you have the credibility. You've been doing a good job. You have to be creative in coming up with, with innovative ways to lead the organization. But most importantly, you have to understand how to connect with the person who's 75 and the person who's 35. Uh-huh. Uh, by understanding where they come from. And if you can do those three things, you, you, you get paid what you want to get paid. Oh, my goodness. I, I, there's hope for me. By the way, <laughs> you, you spark a statistic on me, and that is that uh, the average Fortune 500 CEO is 10 years younger than the average uh, Fortune 500 board member. Mm-hmm. And in the world of business, that's an entire generation. So I think you've just brought something very clever to people's minds. Yeah. Um, but, but Bart, but let me just, I mean, you know, every yeah, interaction, sure. whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with oh. your, your, your kids or that, if for it to be effective, it needs that credibility, creativity, and connection. And when you aren't influencing mm-hmm. somebody or convincing somebody, one or more of those elements is missing. Uh-huh. I, you know, that's, it is true that it, it, uh, it, it's got to come from the, from the proper authority, but it's, and it's got to be a worthwhile idea. Yep. And it also has to touch me where I live. Exactly. And if you can do that, but you know, and you say that the connectivity sounds easy, but you're telling me that, for instance, in the book, you say that I have influence over the other individuals with whom I work, I, for good or for ill. And what I'm wondering is how do I assess this influence? Where's that gifty God that allows me to see myself as others see me, as uh, the Bard would say? How do how do I how do I know how I'm influencing people? Again, another great question. So the the the, the second step in the process is something we, uh, I call influence impact, and and there are really six uh-huh. different types of intelligent influence. There are a whole bunch of types oh of goodness. influence, negative influence, and so on. But intelligent influence is sustainable influence, and so there are six types, and you can kind of assess by. One, asking yourself questions or doing a 360 and asking your boss and coworkers and the people who work for you. One is authority influence, but because of your position, you have authority. Two is belief influence. It's it's getting people to believe in a project. Three is really inspiration inspiration influence. And and, and, uh, the examples I use, the the belief influence is Jeff Bezos, uh, uh, who was at Princeton the same time I I was and and, uh, Uh uh, founded Amazon and... uh, 
um, did it on his own with $300,000 of his parents' money. But uh, um, uh-huh. uh, but he's an engineer by trade, and so he's not an inspirational guy, but he got people to believe in this idea of putting your credit card on the Internet to buy stuff. Um, right. Whereas Richard Branson is the, the founder of Virgin. He's an inspirational influencer where people will literally follow him wherever he goes, his 400 companies. So those are nuanced but different types of influence. And so different people respond to that. Some people think Richard Branson is too much of a salesman. So I'm not going to believe right. he's not going to influence me because he's a salesman. Some people think that Jeff Bezos is too much of a nerd, so they're not going to. So you have to really understand how to influence people using the different types of influence. Um, the next is reputation influence. That's where, very clear. You know, good. Very good. The example I use is James Burke, the CEO of J&J, the late CEO of J&J during sure, the Tylenol yeah. crisis. He was amazing. You know, he 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 changed the reputation of J and J as being one of the most respected brands in the world because he put customers ahead of his business. And so we all have to ask that question, you know, uh, the old mayor Ed Koch question: How am I doing? So to understand right, what your right. reputation is, so you can influence people. Bart, people may never have met you, but they heard here this guy Bart is fantastic. And so you have influence simply because of your reputation. Right, um, and There's then thought influence. A, a, you know, Steve Jobs, and and uh, you know this idea that uh, Bart is just an innovative guy and a thought, you know, a thought leader, and you have influence because of that. And then finally, resource influence mm-hmm. that because you have access to to money or technology or people. So you look at those six types of influence, and you can begin to assess where you're strong and where you're weak, and that lets you know, you know think, what you know, you need Dale, to work I think on. you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I noticed that, that, for instance, my my influence over my spouse was the same way. I asked her, uh, do you believe in love at first sight? And she said, I don't know. I've never seen a Porsche full of money. So she was looking for a resource. Uh, Yes. A resource influence. There you go. That's what she was looking for. Dale, could you tell us, uh, make sure, I I, want to make sure everyone knows, tell us where the folks can get copies for your books. How can we share in this with them? It's, it's, the book is uh, called Intelligent Influence. It's uh, on Amazon. We've sold a lot of copies uh, over uh, over Amazon. Um, and Pine Orchard, if you Google Pine Orchards, is a, is my publisher, and they have a uh, you know they they stock a lot of the books there. But I, I've been pleasantly surprised how well received it's been because it's a different way. It doesn't it doesn't replace or or put down any other theories. It's it's actually a a, a new way to look at human interaction. And, and the book is really about people who have intuitively, individuals and organizations from Disney to, to uh, Amazon, how they've used this process to become successful. Um, and That's it's, it's just been, you know, it's, just, it's one of the, the most fun things I can do is actually give leadership training sessions to folks and, and really see their eyes open up and say, that's how it's done. Oh, I, I bet it does. I'm glad that it works out. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the midpoint of our feast. And so let us now pause for a moment, take a brief sorbet. And it's time for me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. That firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, among other things. And you may visit bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of practical wisdom uh, from business masters. And Prometheus Publishing would like to invite you to enjoy two of the books uh, that we have available, of the many we have available today. Uh, One of them is, by sheerest chance, Intelligent Influence, The Four Steps of Highly Successful Leaders, by today's eclectically intelligent guest, Mr. Dale Caldwell. Now, we invite you to read, take note, and realize the leadership potential that you're hiding under a bushel, and you've got it within you. Secondly... 
for those of you who are either women or perhaps know a woman, we invite you to burrow into this most applicable guide behind every successful woman is herself. And in here, women, um, women business leaders, and, and yes, even men business leaders, reveal several of the tactics and attitudes that they've used that have taken them forward. And it gives you a little archaeology to unearthing some of your own personal advantages. And believe me, ladies, you have many of them. So uh, we invite you again to look at the, to visit our bookstore, bartsbooks.com, and browse through. Ladies and gentlemen, and all my personal computer wizards who uh, have trouble figuring out exactly where they belong, we are back with our guest, the author and most innovative business and educational counselor, Mr. Dale Caudwell. Now, Dale, I understand that you helped out Debbie Schaefer, who's head of Mrs. G's Appliances, and you revamped their already excellent sales department. And if you'll forgive my telling tales, I believe you took the rather controversial step of publishing individual sales records. How'd that work out? I, I'm curious about that. Well, well, first part, I mean, uh, Debbie Schaefer, if, if anyone knows Debbie, is is one of the most um, successful and innovative um, entrepreneurs uh, in New Jersey. She had won the New Jersey Small Business of the, year. She person, the Retail of the Year. a very sweet person, I year. Just a, and, and really is a, a, a promoter of local businesses. And so um, Debbie had asked me, she had heard me speak at, uh, at a chamber event um, about intelligent influence, and, and she was looking to grow the business and looking to, to, to make some geographic transitions. She's moved uh, the store right next to the worldwide um, um, uh, flooring. And so one of the things we've, we did is really talk about this influence model and talk about the history of the organization, which is uh, 77 years old, a, a three-generation woman-owned business, and really look at what made it successful. And so we, we realized that it was customer service, that it was all about serving mm -hmm. the customer and really treating the customer as family. And so she had uh, six very, very talented salesmen there, and uh, they were doing doing pretty well. But one of the things that I noticed is that um, that every month there wasn't a kind of a, a sharing amongst the, each other how well they've done. One, to kind of support each other to say, what were your sales this month? What were your sales uh, the, uh, uh, the following month? And uh, as they got together, and every month I ran a sales meeting, and we talked about uh, where everybody was. We talked about some of the challenges. We uh, created this kind of collaborative group and, and focus that uh, were working together. Uh, that really helped um, help to, to really spur and, and increase sales by 10%, uh, which well, is a significant you know, number. I, I want to interrupt you here for a minute, mm -hmm. and, and because everything, every fiber in me says you don't need to instill competition in your sales force or in your team because, believe me, they have enough pressures of competition out there. Isn't this what you're doing? Well, see, you and, and so it's, you know, the, the analogy is um, you, know, you look at the NFL. You know, the, one of the nice okay. things about the NFL is on a given day, anybody's, you know, anybody can win on a Sunday. And uh, that's true. the simple and fact that's that you're fighting within your division to do better makes you that much better. And so this was, okay. and, and it doesn't work with every team, but these, these folks really got along. They, they uh, you oh. know, they, it's, a, it's a close team. It's almost like a family. So the competition was more familial competition rather than cutthroat I see. Okay, that that's. I thank you for answering that because that was a yeah yeah. A it wasn't like that. Debbie I'm said. Well, there's, there's X, you know, there's the, we're gonna. I'm gonna throw a thousand dollars in the middle of the room. You guys fight and get it. No, it was really about making each other better. <laughs> and and she had that type right. of team that that helped to push each other to new heights. 
You know, notice, friends, that he was considering the individuals involved and not just applying a theory like a blanket, and that's great. Now, Dale, in addition to running school boards and education commissions and after-school programs, you have now uh, taken over a school in Trenton. I, I understand it. Could you tell us the school's name, tell us its mascot, uh, and how you got involved with launching this educational institution? Well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the head of school and, and chief executive officer at the Village Charter School in, uh, in Trenton, uh-huh. New Jersey. We're right next to the Trenton Country Club across from Trenton Psych. Oh, okay. I, I invite your visitors, if they're in the area, I'd love to give them a tour of our, our 10.5 acres that we just bought. Um, I am, uh, I am the, the CEO of the school. Uh, I didn't found it. It was founded in 1999. And uh, I have a, a wonderful board that has been uh, running the school for many years. Um, I wanted to use this intelligent influence theory. There's so many people come up with theories and, and approaches, and they'll speak right. and they'll make a lot of money traveling around writing books. Right. I wanted to be one of the first to actually take my theory and actually apply it to do something socially significant. And, and, and that's really what we're doing here. It's a, it's a school that mirrors the population of Trenton. Um, it's done better than the Trenton school system, but it's not anywhere near where it should be. And so working with the board, we're, we're really looking to try to make this one of the most successful turnaround schools, urban schools in the country, um, using okay. this kind of influence I, model. I, okay, I see that. Now, uh, let's talk about that, the, the model being applied. Uh, the what, what are you desperately striving to bring to fruition from these students? What, what is the potential you see they've got that isn't coming out? Well, a couple things. One, if you, again, using the influence awareness model, is that because we're all products of our influence, one of the big differences with the students here versus the students in a, in a, in a wealthier suburban community are the influences in the communities that they come from. Right, and right. You know, the, one of the examples, I've, I've coined this term, I actually wrote an article in Trenton Times about something I call urban traumatic stress disorder, UTSD. Everyone knows about mm. post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, folks right. coming uh-huh. back from the military. But this urban is continuous. It's not a one-time thing that kids will hear sh- gunshots or friends will be killed or, or yeah, you know, they'll, they'll be homeless. Um, and some of these are very, very smart kids. But what happens is those traumas affect the amygdala, ch- affect a certain part of the brain, um, mm. That makes it very tough to concentrate. The good news is, Bart, is that with the right social emotional influences, you can actually help these kids get over uh, some of those traumas and become outstanding students. But the difference okay. is that in an urban school, you need the influences of the classroom to be top notch. And I'm working with the the principal Kiyoki Wooten Johnson, who's who's outstanding to to try to do that. But we also have to pay attention to those outside of school influences. And that's where the model comes in to say, well, how do we create a structure that can be exported around the country to really help some of our best and brightest people in America who often don't get a chance to use their full potential? You know, it's really funny. I've heard so much of what you're saying, and it sounds good. I, I think we don't want to make the schools a refuge, but rather we want to make them an integrated part of the society. Yes, they can offer a sanctuary, and, and rather, but better they offer a beacon. Exactly. And so, you you want the kids to to go well to move forward. First of all, what is the age group now? Of, it's of kindergarten through eighth grade. We have three hundred fifty okay. students. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, I've got to ask you, Dale, just just from my own personal point of view, 
everyone wants to have a program that's going to ram more information down kids' throats, that wants to make them smarter we and transfer them so they can be better young businessmen and, and let's, let's tattoo the name of the company on their forehead or whatever. I've got to ask you, setting all the paychecks aside for a moment, mm-hmm. setting all the other success yardsticks with them, are your school students going to be, for this experience, happier people? Will they taste arete, as the ancient Greeks would say? <laughs> that is a great, that's a great question. And, and you know, I, there are good things and bad things about standardized testing. And so, um, right. you know, there, there, there are some benefits that there are measured, there are some detriments. Um, but I think there is a way to really provide a well-rounded, what you're really talking about is a well-rounded learning, kind of a, a spiritual, yes. mental, physical, a body, mind kind of learning. And and that is something that is critically important to the success of these students because so often we think it's reading, writing, arithmetic, but you, we, we, our goal is to develop well-rounded, productive citizens. And, and oftentimes, you know, one of the challenges is a lot of teachers are, are fantastic at teaching kids, but I think it's all about getting to college. College is a tool you know, to help true. you become a productive citizen. And that's right. the philosophy Dale, we're taking. I, I hate to cut you off in the middle of this, yeah. but we are running to the end of our show, and I think that what you've said about being a productive citizen is so important. So I thank you so much. You have given us much to think about in both generations. And so, ladies and gentlemen, now as we round out the show, let me leave you with today's business quotation. On Halloween, parents used to send their kids out looking like me. And the hint to the author of that was that this poor man got no respect at all. And now, if you will allow me, uh, as a final parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, it is... It always astounds me how rapidly success loses value when it transfers from my hands to somebody else's. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so much. Dale, I would like to thank you for coming on. Thank you. And I hope, and as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Thank you so much, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.